today on the show, uh, a real gauntlet. Uh, should we just call them Kathleen's Guard? The gift of reverence, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Hello there, it is time for the CU Weekly. We're the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 394. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's the executive director of the Women's New Life Center in Baton Rouge. Hey, Kathleen. Hello, good to be back. It is good to be back. And also, we've got Olivia Galino, the associate director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hey, Olivia. Hello. And uh, we would be morally remiss if we didn't go up to the Jeff Star 1. Uh, so let's uh, head on up there to Jeff Blackwell, who's the uh, the technical director of the CU. Hey, Jeff. I'll live as fast as I can. Probably. That's exactly Yeah. Right. So giving her all you got is just peddling faster. That's the way <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, well, uh, good, it's good to be here. Good to be with you, Jeff. And then uh, right next to you there on the side of Light of Love is, uh, is Ed Ball, <laughs> who is our video director uh, over over in the ball pit. So I uh, hate to Ed, who um, he sounded like he had a, a little... Um, a little Kind of quasi cough. Yeah, he's recovering. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but we all have because um, one of the things that you may not know about Louisiana is that one of our seasons, right? Most most places have spring, summer, winter, and fall. We just have we have spring and then we have pollen mm-hmm. until about fall. Yeah. You know, we call it summer, but really it's just sticky yes. pollen. You just want to mm-hmm. die for yeah. many reasons, right? That's right? And then it gets a little bit cooler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. And then you feel like you want to die. That's right. And you think, oh, maybe I don't want to die as much. And then you're right back to maybe this yeah. Christmas I can actually wear a sweater. No shorts. No. Okay. That's right. And then you want to die. And then, then you want to. Yeah. And that's the thing I always tell my parishioners because inevitably an air conditioner will break or something mm-hmm. will be on the blink for at least one weekend. And that's good. This is a reminder of where we don't want to end up for eternity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I mean, I'd like to think that heaven is at least 72 degrees. <laughs> right. All the time. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. I like the way you think. Yeah. Ideally, you know, mm-hmm. it would be a nice, cool breeze. I would imagine. See, now this is the strange thing about it, though, is like, so the, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles and uh, it's flames, tongues as a fire, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Um, I, so, I mean, there's this question as to with the Holy Spirit, is it going to be kind of a, a nice uh, warming well, thing? I think too about like the seraphim, like the burning ones. Yeah, the ones so closest close to, to God. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, maybe it's just like that feeling, like when you get in from the cold and you like get around mm. a fire, and it's like, mm. like all See, nice that's and what warm. I'm thinking you know about what I mean? Yeah, mm. speculative theology, theology at its finest, uh, everybody. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of speculation, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't want to to give any spoilers away for those of you who may have seen uh, Avengers, right? I because do. The Avengers Endgame. Okay. No, don't give any spoilers. I, don't, Come I haven't on, seen the movie. How would I give spoilers? I, I think we're I think we're at the 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 cutoff point now where everybody you know that's yeah. going to be spoiled yeah. is spoiled. If you didn't go see it by now, which I haven't, but it's okay. Yeah. No. If you didn't go see it by now, that's on you, boo. Although yeah. I don't think there's any spoilers here because there's something that has been building throughout uh, the 22 films of the Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe thus far, building to Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there is an object uh, called the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. And it's this, well, you know what a gauntlet is, right? Bishops used to wear them. It's a glove, right? And, and then this glove has these little uh, openings in it uh, on the knuckles and the center. And I guess it's a thumb knuckle. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, then, and then inside these little, these little openings uh, are, are holders for what's called the infinity stones, right? So the infinity stones 
um, are, are these little jewels that are imbued with a different aspect of, of creation. So there's the reality stone, the soul stone, the mind stone, the space stone, the time stone, and the power stone. For power. Those. The power stone. Exactly, yeah. And so all of these uh, have been uh, attempted to be collected by this, uh, this big bad guy, right? Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> in an Etsy shop. Yeah, you could. Yeah, exactly. So, so when the gauntlet is equipped with the full set of the Infinity Stones, uh, the wearer possesses all the powers of creation, or at least the abilities of a gamer, with all the cheat codes turned on. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if you've seen Ready Player One, you see how this works too. Which is a it's a good good book. I've Enjoyed listened the book. to the audio book. Nice. Not the whole thing. Really, but, yeah. Kathleen. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the <laughs> admiration in his eyes right now. <laughs> Goody for me. Will Wheaton can read him and, a book. And he I, can. He, yes, and I also knew many, many of the references. I go, oh, I heard you. Oh, oh, look at you go. Well, well, then I can say once you've listened to the book, you're really going to be underwhelmed by the movie. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what yeah. I've it's heard. It's okay, though. It's all right. Uh, you know, if you can kind of separate and, and mm-hmm. you know, suspend your disbelief. So anyway, back to this, uh, to the Infinity Gauntlet, right? So... Um, intention matters when it comes to utilizing the power of the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, if you've watched uh, Avengers Infinity War, you know that, uh, that Thanos, who's the big bad, uh, wants to, to use it to, for what he perceives to be an inherent good, to take mm-hmm. away all of the suffering of the world. So mm-hmm. the Gauntlet itself is not inherently evil. In fact, one of the stones, while separated from the Gauntlet, gave life to Vision, who is this robot individual. Huh? And he's one of the noblest heroes of, of the Marvel Universe. Um, he, had, he was so pure of heart that he was able to lift Thor's hammer that only the pure of heart can lift. You mm-hmm. see, so, so by itself, not a bad thing, but you know the, the danger is that absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? And so um, you, if you begin to think yourself God, then there is a great temptation to, to misuse those sorts of things, right? So, um, so there you go. That's, that's kind of the deal behind the Infinity Gauntlet. Why the Avengers want to get it away from Thanos because he wants to do something that in his mind makes sense, but objectively speaking is not good. But, okay, all that to say this. The Infinity Gauntlet, the glove-looking thing, has a striking similarity to something else. So, so, so the Infinity Gauntlet you see, and then there is a 16th century um, reliquary containing the incorrupt hand of St. Teresa of Avila. And it just so happens uh, to be to be you know, gold or, or some metal, right? And uh, it also has um, what looks like rings, mm-hmm. right, on all of the fingers and the thumb, and then a central reliquary in the center of the uh, the other side of the palm of the hand, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it looks very much like well. It looks exactly it looks like, exactly like <laughs> the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. So, so it's a gilded silver reliquary yep. that looks pretty much exactly like the, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. In fact, they're even the same colors as the stones on the Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. uh, my, even though they're my, in a my. different order. Now, Marvel has not claimed a connection between the two, but it seems likely that somebody in the design department saw the relic and, and then kind of filed it away. Wow. And I do remember reading on, on something uh, because you know how Twitter is, right? Uh, I do remember reading that that one of the artists that was drawing the Infinity Gauntlet in the comic books back in the probably the uh, late '60s, early '70s. I can't remember when that 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 run of uh, of the comics was, but uh, he himself, whoever the artist was, was a Catholic, hmm. and so it's very possible that he or somebody that he knew had uh, a devotion to Saint Teresa of Avila, mm-hmm. and he's thinking to himself, this would really make um, something awesome for. 
a big bad to wear mm-hmm. or, or really anybody right because the the thing about about the relics is is that relics are are intended for for veneration of the saint so that we can get closer to to the lord and so it's not i mean the idea is that it's it's not an inherently bad thing right to to have relics but but like with anything, those uh, those objects of veneration can be misused. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, all you have to do is look on eBay for relics, and you'll oh. see exactly how that's Gosh. at work, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. so how cool it is though that a very Catholic thing made it into this time type of a movie. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And so according to historical records, Saint Teresa of Avila's body was exhumed nine months after her death, and it was observed that her body did not decay, and this is what's called incorruptibility. Um, and even though through the passage of time uh, her clothing had rotted away, her remains were incorrupt, just as they had been when she when she died. Um, and so then they were the relics, as they often are, because Catholics are weird. They're distributed <laughs> for veneration. Yeah. So her hand was stolen in 1936 by the Spanish military dictator uh, Francisco Franco. Wow. And so he took the relic with him everywhere. He even slept with it on his nightstand, which, again, is a little that's weird. weird. Yeah. That, in that's fact, that's weird. a heightened level of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was recovered in 1975. And then from there, the relic traveled to several convents. It found a permanent resting place in the Iglesia de la Merced, uh, so the Church of Mercy, mm-hmm. and then the city of Ronda. And so now it's safe, as far as we know, in a locked room behind uh, uh, gilded silver and encrusted with jewels. And I'll tell you, I mean, like, if I were gonna, if I were gonna go after something, see, it's really cool too because you even have a big bad, right? You yeah, have yeah, Francisco exactly. Franco a dictator, right. uh, stealing this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so, it's, well, it's interesting yeah. too because I remember reading about like Hitler and his fascination with uh, the Holy Spear. Yeah, with the Holy Lance. Yeah, yeah. like all these yeah. like the you know Catholic relics. Yeah, that could um, then be turned to occult use. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's it's interesting that like even even the 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 occultish like still has to recognize. Yeah some kind of like ontological reality and that's something. right and that's one of the things you've seen today it's uh it's uh, reprehensible but mm-hmm. the notion that uh, that consecrated hosts yeah. are being sold yeah. on um on various marketplace yeah. sites mm-hmm. uh, because you can only have um you can only have a valid black mass a satanic liturgy mm. with consecrated hosts mm-hmm. now now there are plenty of other christian denominations that celebrate the lord's supper but there's only one denomination mm-hmm. that uh, not only purports this to be the body and blood of Christ, but has the ability for it to be confected, has the ability mm-hmm. for it to be made, the body wow. and blood of Christ, through the valid priesthood, right? That goes all the way b- back up to Jesus. And, and so even the demon must profess the Catholic faith, mm-hmm. you wow. know? Yeah, I mean, well, and, they, and they all do. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a, the, because, you know, we, we tend to get this idea that, that Satan and God are, are equal forces, yeah. like yin yeah. and yang, right? Mm-hmm. But no, it's in fact, uh, Jesus says it in the gospel today that, uh, that the Father is greater than all, mm-hmm. and the Father and I are one. Mm-hmm. So it's very clear that, uh, that, that Satan and all of his, his minions and demons yeah. are lesser than God because yeah. he is a creature, right? He's, right. he's a fallen angel. Um, but uh, so, so in order to, to try to get his way, he still has to profess the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and So he, he can twist it. Yeah. He didn't say, yeah. uh, you know, I, I do not believe, but he said, I will not serve. I will not serve, mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah. those are distinct statements. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
So it's unconfirmed by Marvel. We just want to underscore that, right? Uh, that Which the, means that it's true. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that this relic was the influence of the most powerful object in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, with the possible exception of Captain Marvel, who might be the most powerful. I agree with that person, or you know, Chris um, Evans, man. But uh, but uh, from its visual comparison, it seems very likely that this gauntlet, um, which harnesses the power of creation, has its roots in Catholicism. You're welcome, world. Yeah, you're welcome, world, yes, for indeed. a 22 film cavalcade roller coaster ride that <laughs> Kathleen and Olivia will perhaps eventually see. Yeah. I've seen I have parts of it. I have the list. Oh, so you're going to watch them in order? That's a good Well, I'm not all of them because some of them I'm like, I ain't watching them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can skip The Incredible Hulk. I, there are several that I'm like, I ain't watching them. <laughs> oh, but, but Iron Man, all the Iron Mans. <laughs> oh, are yeah, good. of course, all the Iron Mans. Yeah. All the, like, but like Ant Man, yeah. I'm just like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. It was surprisingly know. good. But I mean, do I'm I need it to see the no, to know Paul anything? Is, no, I can give you I the cliff notes. I love him very much, but if I got to watch 22 movies, we got to start turning <laughs> some stuff down. Uh, we makes just, sense. List of priorities. Sacrifices must be made. Is there a prioritized and list like of Marvel four, movies that I could There's like four Thor movies I that, that I need to see. Just gonna, those are the top. I'm mm. just saying. And yet, oddly enough, I would say that there are probably a couple of Thors you could cut out. Nope. No. Not doing it. See, like her with Thor is like me with Captain America. Yep. Have, Anything with Captain America. I have, what's up? I have a sense that our priorities might be different in yep. trying to catch up. Yes. I respect his virtue. Excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> and Thor is. Uh. Well, you know what else you might also. You know what else you might also um, um, respect? Mm? The fact that we are the Catholic underground. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. Actually, I, I do know. Um, you are listening to the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, somehow, with Kathleen Lee, <laughs> Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell. Ed's up in the... Um, Ball pit. There it is. That's yep, the one. There it is. Our picks of the week are coming up, but we thought that we would dive into uh, uh, something that's near and dear to Kathleen's heart. Yes, we might it as is. well call it the Kathleen segment, Kathleen's yeah. Guard. Kathleen's Guard, yeah. Yeah, and that is, of course, the, the swearing into the Swiss Guard. Yes. It's a thing. Yeah, it happens every year on May 6th. And why May 6th? This is an interesting story. I have to story. admit, I don't know. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so in 1503, Pope Julius II was elected Pope. And he knew that the Swiss were like really uh, powerful, like their army was really powerful. Yeah. And so he contract, uh, contracted with them to create the Swiss Guard. So on January 22nd of 1506, this date marks the foundation of the Swiss Guard. Now, so 1506, this is where we are. He's in a good spot because 21 years later in the Italian Wars on May 6th of 1527, mm -hmm. We're way back in the back. We're way back in history, right? The, there were um, 20,000 Spanish and German mercenaries that attacked the city of Rome. They're coming for the Vatican, right? And 189 Swiss guards plus about 5,000 citizens um, and militia in the city were against these 20,000 mercenaries, mm -hmm. right? And their job is to protect the Pope protect the Vatican, right? And so the, um, the Swiss guards, it says they stood firm at the obelisk, which is now in the middle. It's in the, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in the center. It's not in the middle, but it was by some cemetery. It, they moved it, yeah. yeah it's yeah. been moved, mm -hmm. but that, this was like, this was where it all went down, right? Um, and so uh, the Spanish militia um, killed the captain of the Swiss guard mm -hmm. in his home, 
Thanks a lot. Rude. Right? If only so, it had the infinity gauntlet. Right? And so you have this 189 Swiss guards without any kind of leadership. But they know what their goal is, right? To protect the Pope. Mm-hmm. To protect the Vatican. And so when all is said and done, out of the 189 Swiss guard, 42 were left. Hmm. 42. You would think that out of 20,000 um, you know, opposing mm-hmm. forces, that they would have wiped out less than 200 guys. But they didn't. It says this. Um, the ones who, when all was lost, under the command of Hercules. Yeah. Hercules. Hercules. Name, right? yeah. What a name. Yeah. Guarded Pope Clement VII's re- uh, retreat to safety in Castle Sant'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the rest fell gloriously, massacred together with 200 fugitives on the steps of the high altar in St. Mm. Peter's Basilica. Wow. Mm. What? <laughs> it's hard to imagine. What a way to go. I yeah. was going to say, oh it, it's hard to imagine a, a, a cinematic fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the church. And right. how awesome is that? That I mean, like, if you're going to go down, this is what they say about it. The rest fell gloriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Massacred together. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. That's where, you know. Before there were Klingons, there were these guys. Right. These were the real bad you-know-whats. Wow. You know, and and, of, and if you've ever seen a picture of the Swiss Guard, you know, we're going to talk about their uniform in a minute. It's, Pantalones. It's quite amusing. But can you imagine <laughs> these guys, like, yeah. with their big old spears? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever they had, halberd, yeah. I'm sure. They, they had know. a halberd, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. then. I'm sure. Well, and swords. Who knows what they had. Yeah. Um, and, and they're just, they know what their duty is, mm-hmm. right, to protect the Pope. So Pope Clement VII escaped through the Passetto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, passage. Right, mm-hmm. that connects the Vatican to Castle San Angelo. They, mm-hmm. they were able to escape, right? And so we have 42 of the 189 Swiss Guard. 5,000 of the 20,000 opposing forces were left. Wow. These guys, along with about 5,000 militia, right, wiped out 15,000 people. Just, right? wow. if you don't think, like, If you don't think a mission is important to people, mm-hmm. it certainly is. It mm-hmm. certainly is. It says this. this the, the Vatican says this about the date now. This date, May 6th, which in 1527 was a day of death. Today is a day of life because each year on this day, the new recruits take their solemn oath of loyalty. Mm. What? Mm. And so I was just thinking, like, as I'm reading this, um, you know, the Swiss Guard today is a little bit different. There, you know, there may not be a, you know, ransacking mercenaries coming into the city, which they'll be prepared for. Yeah, because they are. They are fully prepared for for that. But like, what is their mission? And so I I was like, man, you know what? As much as I do love the Swiss Guard, (laughs) I don't know much about them. (laughs) So I found a few facts about what it takes to be a Swiss Guard, which is really cool. First, you have to be a single guy. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. You have to be a Swiss (laughs) citizen. Yep. You have to be at least five foot eight inches. Yeah, interesting. There, there yes. are some uh, some shorter stature Swiss guards I've noted. Well, interesting. Only five foot eight. Yeah. Five foot eight. Interesting because that's how tall I am. Oh, I see. <clears throat> yes, well, indeed. you know, for for those of you who are who are watching us on the radio or the podcast, we're looking at uh, at the the swearing in ceremony, right. mm. and uh, and I, and you can see that that uh, these guys are. They're really, you know, they yell mm-hmm. whenever they s- take the swearing in. They have their hand, one hand on the the, the guard flag, the mm-hmm. official flag of the Swiss Guard, and then they put three fingers up in the air for the Trinity, and they they mm-hmm. shout, they yell yeah. their oath of allegiance. Wow. That's so cool. Doesn't matter what height you are. No. Yeah. But I bet and there's people an age. can hear them better if they can. That's true. Right. You also have to, there, there is an age limit. You have uh-huh. to be between 19 and 30. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's still in the ballpark there, Kathy. Yeah. 30s. Nice range. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nice range. I love it. You have to also have a high school degree or a professional diploma. Okay. 
So you have to be educated, right? Yeah. You have to be, of course, a faithful Roman Catholic Mm. who is endorsed by your hometown parish priest. How cool would that be to be the parish priest to say, yeah, I'll write the letter. Yeah. Yeah. How do you write, give him to the Swiss guards in Italian? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, but... Sven is a very conscientious altar server. I'm sure that he would make an excellent Swiss guard. Yes, indeed. Now, this is where it gets... Permission granted. Now, this is where it gets a little serious because this is not just signing up to wear a fancy hat and carry a big spear. No. You have to have completed basic military training in Mm. Switzerland. Right, so you have to have gone to, to basic training. Right, because mm-hmm. you're 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 an, you're a member of the armed forces. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. and then and only then can you come for five weeks of training with the guards in Rome. Mm-hmm. So you come for more training. It's not just marching around yeah. in no. some pretty cool uniforms, right? Right. Um, and once you're sworn in, once these guys are sworn in, both uh, the the guard and their parents receive a, um, a a personal or a private audience with the pope, cool. where they both where they all receive a blessing, a paper wow. blessing. That's super neat. cool. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, like, how cool would it also be to be one of their parents? Like, yeah. I did this. This right? one's That's mine, right? right? Um, okay, so so now you're in it. You're in the guard. The shortest contract is 25 months, so two years and one month, mm-hmm. right? 25 months, where the first year you go and you learn Italian. Yep. Right. And after the first year of, of getting to know, you know, what it is that you're doing, only after the first year can you be assigned to guard duty at the main gates of the Vatican City. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. I wonder if they have to know English. Many of them do because yeah. they're Swiss. Right. So, and they're so. smart. I, guess, I mean, I mean yeah. only, it's pretty much mostly Americans that don't know other. That's like, true. Yeah. And, and any true. of the Swiss guards that I've talked to. In, in Rome, they're they're always very polite. Mm-hmm. They're very mm-hmm. mission oriented. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially like if you happen to, uh, to to get a little too close to something that they're guarding. I mean, yeah. they are they're armed servicemen, yeah. right? Yeah, they, yeah. They make sure that you know. Right. Um, excuse me, Father. <laughs> just step back about fifteen feet. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Didn't yeah. realize that I was inside the uh, perimeter here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we're very familiar with their um, with their red, yellow, and blue. Yeah. Um, outfits, but this is actually called their gala uniform. It's mm-hmm. kind of like their formal uniform. Yeah, their dress. And it uniform. didn't come about until 1910. Now there mm. is a myth yeah. that it was designed by Michelangelo, but um, it was spurious, right? Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. yeah. And so um, their everyday uniform is actually blue. It's a very mm-hmm. nice blue. It is. It is. It's a, it's it's a, a beautiful nice blue. Yeah. Um, and so their gala uniform is uh, sewn by tailors inside the Vatican barracks, and they're tailor-made. Mm-hmm. And so these, it's not just like, go pick one out, you're a yeah. size large or whatever. They're tailor-made to each guard. And mm-hmm. after the guard's duty, when they've, mm-hmm. I guess, retired, yeah. they destroy the uniforms. Wow. Like, so, I, so not me, because I'm not, I can't be one, but um, <laughs> he would then just, he would. Yeah, once, yeah. He, once he's finished his tour. Right. Yeah, the uniform is wow. broken down yeah. and destroyed. And also, one of the things that, that isn't tailor-made is uh, are their, their helmets and uh, their armor. Yeah. Mm. Um, they, they're basically, they're trying to fit into the armor of the, of the person before them, you know. Yeah. If, oh. and, and, and so there are, they do make some new armor. Right. Um, but, uh, but Some of the armor is actually original to the 15th century. That's right. Are you serious? You mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so as they wear out, they replace them. Wow. Um, but um, And they're beautiful. There's yeah, all this yeah. etching with uh, the Blessed Mother on the front. Mm-hmm. And um, now some of their helmets are not metal. No, they're, well, the helmets, uh, uh, the helmets have a dyed ostrich feather on the, on the top, oh. or the, uh, dyed ostrich feathers, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more right? than one, I guess. And it has uh, the family crest of Pope Julius II, yeah, which who founded, oh. them, founded right? them, right? And it's a beautiful oak tree. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very beautiful, yeah. So, um, so here's how you approach 
the guard. If you're ever in Rome, I don't know when I ever will be. Who knows? It's okay. <sighs> One day. That out 2021. Yeah. So if they, if you see a guard and he's standing still and he's holding his hal- halberd. Halberd, yeah. Right? Um, because that's what, that's the big, long it's, it's a pike. like a spear, yeah. but it's frightening. Um, <laughs> it's a pike with an axe and on it. They're actually called, in their first year, they're not called guards. They're called halberdiers mm-hmm. so, because named after their their You hold the yeah. stick. Yeah. Yes. So they're holding their halberd, and they're not talking, and they're standing still. They're on what's called honor duty. Mm-hmm. Do not touch, approach, Don't talk approach to. Them. No yeah. go. No go. Danger. Mm-hmm. Return to cinder. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, if they are standing um, with folded hands and they're facing the people, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're on what's called guard duty. And most of them will, um, if asked politely, will mm-hmm. take a picture yeah. or um, tell you what you need to know mm-hmm. or give you any kind of insights. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes so, they will approach you if they see that you're, you know, right. they're yeah. very friendly. I will say that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, a little, a little bit to know about them. It's, it's very interesting to think that, you know, you, I've always thought, like, why are we, the Swiss guards mm-hmm. in Rome? Mm-hmm. Mm, they're a little far from home. Yeah. But this dates all the way back uh, to the 16th century, um, where early, early on, it wasn't like, and you're thinking, you know, when we go back to the story, 21 years after their founding, yeah. you know, that in, in military terms is mm-hmm. such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it would have been super easy for them to see 20,000 troops coming at them and be like, Bye. Goodbye. I don't even go here. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> but because it wasn't just you're now our military, it's yeah. what are you protecting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you like? What do you stand for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so beautiful that that has trans like you know transferred into what they do now. Mm-hmm. You know, and where they may not be um, you know attacked every day by yeah. by militia, um, they are defending the faith. They are. Yeah. Um, it's an honor for them to do what they do. And so that's um, right. You know, and you'll cool. also see one of the things you'll see, too, is that some of the Swiss Guard will do a, a plain clothes detail and they'll they'll be kind of secret service for oh. the Holy Father, too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So the gendarmes <laughs> will do that. But but you'll also see Swiss Guards in coat and tie yeah. um, with the, you know, that look like our. Wigs. Yeah, look like, like our. That's right. Like, uh, OK, I can't turn the right <laughs> direction. anyway. But but yeah. So, yeah. so, so they'll actually perform those sorts of things too um, yeah. for the Holy Father. Yeah. Very cool. And, and again, it's because the Swiss, I mean, we think of chocolate today, but, uh, but the Swiss were like the baddest of the bad yeah. when it came to like, you need a fighting force. Mm-hmm. If these guys fight for you, they will win. And yeah. you right. see that even in the 200 the, versus 20,000. Yeah. I mean, it really is kind of a Greek epic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and as kind of a thank you, if you will, they still. They still serve at the behest of the Pope today, and they do so very proudly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, after, within two years of his his papacy beginning, Pope Julius II was like, "You guys, I need you." I need mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he definitely recognized that. Mm-hmm. And they're still around. Yep. Yeah. So, so Kathleen has done all of her homework mm-hmm. for the uh, the up and coming trip to Rome that hasn't been yes. scheduled yet. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But uh, we have all the talking points for when we meet this. Yes, That's right. I'll be like, "Oh, look at your helmet with." The papal crest of the fa- of Pope Julius II's family. It's an oak right. tree. May yeah. I please pet your ostrich feather hat? So nice, so natural. Yeah. I love this. Of course, they probably won't be wearing that if they're no. wearing their blue uniform yeah, because they the, wear a beret. And they'll so. probably yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's all right. And if they're in plain clothes, they lie to you that they're not lies. Swiss guards. Actually, plain clothes is where you want to meet them because there is yeah. a bar that they it's all hang Scholar's out at. Scholars Lounge. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's it called? It's called Scholars Lounge. Oh yep. yes, please. But that's I where myself we a scholar. We we saw one, it was like a group of them, but there was one specifically where like, we, I remember you because, and he lied to us. 
He said it wasn't me. Yeah. That's not, yeah, I don't do that. Maybe he was undercover. Well, Rude. there's one thing I can't lie about. <laughs> it's the fact that we are the Catholic Underground. There's going to be more on the other side of the break, so stick with us. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of Thy womb, Jesus, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. solving crime you are i am it's uh it's this little crime show that we like to call the catholic underground as in it's a crime that we're still coming to you after all this time isn't no, it that's no wrong it's a privilege that we're coming to you after that's all this there's time. a crime yeah. Yeah. Put put me in. Sorry, if it's a crime, crime put me oh, in jail sorry i got that right yeah exactly if this thank is thank you wrong, kathleen for life I don't Take want to be Take PR right. lessons from oh. Kathleen. sorry <laughs> i'm terrible at marketing i am father chris uh catholic underground New York, no, uh, Baton Rouge, um, joined by Kathleen Lee, mm-hmm. um, but not her Swiss card suitor. <laughs> yet. Yet. Yeah. Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell, Ed Ball, and all of you, um, you who are listening to us on the podcast and uh, on the, the radio and on the TV. That'll and- be the day, though. I'll die. I would. I think I would <laughs> die <laughs> if like, I came back in 2020, whatever, yeah. and I was like, guess what? This is the Lord. This has happened. The Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, <laughs> the Lord is good. She'll meet yes. like a thirty-year-old Swiss guard right? who's who's completing his month twenty-four. Yeah, he's on his way out, man. Yeah, and he's like, "Welcome, Paolo." That's right. Let's get married. And Swiss same. name would be <laughs> See, Han. Let's know. do this. I tell you, that's a, that's a Hallmark movie, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We will welcome him with open arms and baked you know, goods. Thinking, <laughs> thinking about the the storied history of the Catholic underground, uh, this very well could be. Um, could be the most undignified amount of time that we've given <laughs> to Kathleen's fantasy. Thank you. I, I take think, issue with your use of the word undignified. As do I. Well, I mean, we were talking I, about... You know what? I sit through Star Trek references <laughs> and... Vexillology. Googling up about who knows what. And I just need a few minutes to talk about my fantasy love life. <laughs> I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. And you should Preach be. it. Thank you. Preach it. You know, now, do we have anything else to talk about today? <laughs> I, well, I, I, I was I was just going to continue with the next segment, which oh. which actually connects yeah, uh, to, sure, to all sure. of this too, because if there's if there's one if there's one thing that that you can really give to the Swiss Guard is it's not the, just that they were a fighting force, but that if you've ever seen them at a liturgy, they mm-hmm. are because they are practicing Catholics right. incredibly reverent. Yeah. Right. They uh, they kneel during the the Eucharistic prayer, right? They'll they'll kneel there for the consecration. Mm-hmm. Um, they have certain postures that they assume during the liturgy, and what kind of like the altar servers in the extraordinary form and please in the ordinary form you're supposed to, uh, they help the people to understand what postures to mm. assume. Yeah. And what we're talking about here is reverence, right? right. Uh, and cultivating 
the sense of reverence allows us to cultivate an eye for what's not of this world, for something that's that's truly kind of transcending beauty. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a great way to just kind of summarize reverence. So thank you for for ruining my section. Oh, did I? No, sorry. No, 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 uh, no. We've been the Catholic underground. For, yes. No, oh, sorry. We're ending early tonight on account of Father Chris. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a great that's a great way to describe reverence, especially because reverence is one of those things where we talk about it and we say that we need to have it. Yeah. Or that we need to like strive for it but, but then what is, we, it? what is yeah. the it you know um so first of all we can talk about what it's not you know reverence is not a kind of like heightened emotional state that's like brought you know where you're being like brought to your knees by an overwhelming aesthetic experience like it's not that because anything that is like reverence could be considered a virtue um, and i think it yeah. is mm-hmm. anything like that is not going to be based on emotion because that's not possible but um, what it is, it's an like Father Chris was saying, it's a it's a way of seeing the world. Yeah. Um, it's an it's a disposition towards the world, um, so that you see like the excellence in things. You see like the the traces of God mm-hmm. in in creation, in in you know relationships, in the sacraments. So you could even say, I mean, because especially nowadays we're we're kind of returning to this. Uh dare I say, pagan sense of naturalism, mm-hmm. where people talk that, that I, I meet God in nature and right. that sort of thing. You can have a reverence for, for nature. Well, sure, yeah. And, and we should, right? This mm-hmm. is what causes us not to want to kill every bug. Right. You well, know? Okay, uh, I disagree, but um, <laughs> they all must die. No. <laughs> but there is a but, sense but that, yeah, that yeah. there is a beauty in creation, and, yeah. and there is an inherent reverence for respecting it. Yeah. Well, and I think a great example for this would be Augustine, because he was very much, you know, he, w- he was a kind of Manichaean, like the world, the body, anything material mm-hmm. is, is evil, or it's, and it's a distraction from, you know, spiritual things. But then when he started to kind of go through his, what we would call a conversion, yeah. and coming to like a deeper understanding of the body and the material world and all that, he's got this beautiful poem, I want to say it's in like book 10, no, that's not right one of the later middle or books like eight to ten of the confessions it doesn't matter anyway Kathleen and I were about he, to call you out I'm sorry <laughs> yeah my brain is archiving right now no <laughs> but but he's got this really beautiful poem where he kind of goes through the different like levels of nature mm-hmm. and and he's basically like personifying his his journey to like find the source of beauty and he says that like you know i put my question to the birds and they said i am not he um Mm -hmm. i put my question to the oceans and they said look higher you know like um he's basically exploring the beauty of nature and finding that there's something deeply meaningful there but also finding that it's not enough and that nature itself is saying like look up you know, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, that if you if you are interested in that, you could probably just Google like Augustine poem on nature and you'd probably find it. But um, but I think that's a great way of looking at reverence, because there's a way that that beauty is not a distraction from from true reverence, but actually feeds it and is the, the lifeblood of it. Um, because really reverence can tell me what I'm looking for when I do behold something beautiful. Um, we've all had that experience, hopefully where you, you experience something beautiful, even if it's just a moment and you, you sense a deeper meaning that it's not just, you know, these, these atoms and molecules arranging, you know, in this particular way at this point in time, uh, in the year 2019, like you, you recognize that there's something deeper that's working here and reverence is that kind of wonder, Mm -hmm. that kind of awe that makes you want to go after it like when a surgeon um you know is doing the an open heart surgery and is struck with that moment uh, as he sees the human heart Mm -hmm. you know beating or trying to beat and and then he's struck with a sense of awe yeah and there is a sense where 
where you you're brought to reverence huh? Mm-hmm. you you worship the god that made this heart right yeah and it's we get ourselves into trouble when just like we were talking about the relics uh earlier we get ourselves into trouble if we stop there yeah if we stop at things that are just are that are beautiful if we stop yeah. at things and we are reverent towards the heart right we, right, we, we exactly. worship the heart yeah the exactly. human heart yeah because then it becomes an idol instead of an icon mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what it, what reverence for beauty can do is lead us to that ultimate destination. It's a recognition that like I, I want to see, I want to pursue something deeper, something more, something higher. And and I have to, to follow this path of reverence to get there and realizing that like that's a great way to realize that we are pilgrims. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's something more that I'm looking for. Oh, so reverence as a kind of a ladder, if yeah. you will, to yeah. draw us in deeper. I think, yeah, I think that you could say it like that. It's a kind of platonic way of saying it, but I think that that works, um, which is very Augustine. But, um, but yeah, so reverence is basically just like this, this attitude of, of wonder or a submission that we owe to God just by the fact that we're alive. The fact that we are a creature and he is creator is a relationship that begs wonder, that begs reverence. Um, humility on our part, but then when it comes to the response that we give to God, it has to be one of reverence. It's one of gratitude, sure, but it's like fundamentally one of reverence. And it's, you know, it comes from us realizing that like we are finite, that, that I am not my own God. I did not create myself. Mm-hmm. I, I have very little control realistically over the things that happen in my life. Um, but, it, you know, I recognize that there's still a deeper meaning to my existence. And I want to go after the person who has revealed that existence to me, who has yeah. revealed that purpose to me. Um, and von Hildebrand, Dietrich von Hildebrand says in the, the art of living that I think I plugged as my pick of the week, like yeah, a, a year ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Um, he says that reverence is the attitude that can be designated as the mother of the moral life. Mm. Um, for in it, man first takes a position towards the world that opens his spiritual eyes and enables him to grasp what he calls values, what we could say, beauty, truth, that kind of thing. Would, would you say in some sense then, because I, I know a lot of folks that maybe are coming to mass for the first time or somebody who's a new Catholic, mm-hmm. they, they see perhaps um, they only can come forward and they know that what's happening is important. Mm-hmm. And so they show a sign of reverence, a genuflection or yeah. um, um, a very conscious effort to hold my hands correct or place my mm-hmm. tongue correctly, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and would you say that, that in a sense that that's kind of the, the ability that, that the Lord allows us to, I hate to say fake it till you make it, but mm-hmm. we, we allow ourselves these external uh, expressions of what we know to be reverence yeah. so that we can with some way with our body, because I mean, mm-hmm. whenever we're talking about worship and the liturgy, mm-hmm. it's with our body that we show forth reverence, mm-hmm. uh, most especially to allow to allow our heart a chance to kind of catch up huh? yeah to, yeah to allow yeah well i think that's a great way of putting it too because you know we aren't a soul and then a body or a mm-hmm. body and then a soul like we are both body and soul all the time right at the and same we express time. them uh simultaneously right, right. We express, which is yeah. why we feel the need to have like physical manifestations of even emotion like if i love someone and sometimes I'm just overwhelmed with the, the urge to give them a hug, you know, like that, that's just it's not maybe something I can put an explanation to, but it's, it's yeah. a, a physical manifestation of an interior reality. And I think too, that it's, it's like honestly appropriate in the most fitting sense that, that we have these kind of bodily expressions of reverence, even though reverence is something that is like very deeply spiritual, 
because, I mean, think about Moses. Like Moses, is he's beholding the theophany of the, the burning bush, and God tells him to take his shoes off. Yeah. You know, and like to us, that seems like, well, that's weird. Like, why would he need to take his shoes off? But it's a, an outward sign mm-hmm. that's that's giving meaning to or recognizing the meaning of what's happening, mm-hmm. right? That like there's a, a need for me to show reverence with my body. Yeah. And the way that that is going to happen is by me having no barrier between me and the holy ground on which this is taking mm-hmm. place. Yes. You know, and even like when they mm-hmm. when they're, um, you know, solidifying the covenant on Mount Sinai, they have preparations that take place before they can enter into the covenant, but they're all bodily, yeah. right? They have to abstain from conjugal relations. They have to wash their clothes mm-hmm. and then they can't touch the mountain. Like mm-hmm. those are all things that involve the body, even though they're about to enter into like a spiritual a covenant. spiritual experience, yeah. You know? That's really something. And, and, and so if you think about it too, is that God himself is the one who directs that mode, right? Yeah. He, is, he is the one who sets... Take off your shoes, Moses. Right. He is the one who says, um, you know, make sure you're abstaining. Make sure that you're washing your clothes. Make sure that you don't touch the mountain. Whatever yeah. you do, don't touch the mountain. Yeah. It's not just NORAD. It's also Sinai, right? Yes. Um, and, uh, and and he, he prescribes these things because he knows that we, if we are given these external ways to show that, that we desire a relationship or a covenant, mm-hmm. then it will bring about the interior reality that it's supposed to to, yeah. to convey. Yeah, because it has to. Yeah. Otherwise, we are not a composite of body, body and soul. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And I think that's where we find ourselves, especially here in, in uh, 2019, mm-hmm. is there seems to be, especially on the part of the world, a world that is so flooded with sensuality, mm-hmm. but at the same time saying, I... I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in organized religion. Mm-hmm. And what we mean when we say organized religion oftentimes mm-hmm. is the liturgy, the, yeah. the external signs of reverence, because right. we say that that gets in the way. And yet right. God himself mm-hmm. says, no, if you're going to be in my presence, allow me to place you in my mm-hmm. presence in a way yeah. that is perceivable, mm-hmm. a way that the relationship can come about. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think you're right to say, too, that it, you know, it's first initiated by God, because another like big part of reverence is that it, it's inspired by virtue. Like it's all, it, it's, it's the fruit of wonder and awe, but it's also the fruit of virtue. Yeah. So like the more that we continue on in the virtuous life, the more that we're inspired by charity, by love itself to give God his due. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how we can, like you were, you were talking about justice a minute ago. And like, what is justice when we're talking about God? It's reverence. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord, which I am anytime I'm in a Catholic church or and especially in the the context of the mass, my my attitude has to be if I'm going to be a just person is to have an attitude of reverence. Mm -hmm. And that's just because of who God is and who I am. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is reverence then leads to to activating the spirit of piety. Yeah. Not that I do the activation, but the Holy Spirit brings it Mm -hmm. about. Right. Piety and and fear of the Lord. Right. Mm -hmm. Those gifts of the spirit um, are are the internal reality of of being reverent, of choosing mm-hmm. to do that, which is reverence. Mm-hmm. And piety, of course, is a love for for the things of worship, mm-hmm. a love for the liturgical services of the church. Mm-hmm. And and it's something that, that grows within us. And so what happens is the more... Uh, the more reverent we 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 try to be, you know, the more that that I say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to to bow my head at the name of our Lord and mm-hmm. our Lady. You know, these little external things, they do free us up so that that the grace that God wants to give mm-hmm. can then be poured upon us, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing: the the externals are not are not so different from what we desire in the internal. In fact, mm-hmm. 
they're a way of kind of saying, Lord, the gate is open. Right. I'm, I'm well, providing my will here. Yeah. I think the the outward expressions, uh, the physical expressions are often seen as like a kind of slavery. Like, yeah, yeah. like we, we look like automatons to, to people who don't know what we're what doing. What the ritual yeah. is about, right? Yeah. But really it's, it's kind of what you're saying. Like it's a form of freedom mm-hmm. because like I experience these things. I have like the need for, for ritual and for worship that's just embedded in my humanity Yeah. because I'm a human being who can also like, sense the transcendent and I have to do something about it. Right. And so the fact that we have these, these motions that are given to us in the liturgy is really just like God out of love saying like, I know, here you go. Yeah. You know, and then like, that's uh, one of the things that's so beautiful about like, you know, that, that deep dive into the liturgy, especially uh, liturgies is, is that you, you feel more free the more that you're able to learn about why we do this, what we do and how to do what we do, because it does allow you to like, enter into that kind of authentic communion even if you do have to kind of fake it till you make it like i know that this is good i don't really understand why but i'm Mm going to do it anyway until i figure it out and of course that's what we would know as mystagogia right of of allowing ourselves to fall into the externals of of worship of of that that which we would call reverence Mm -hmm. and then beginning to learn the 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 story behind it you know kathleen might be very reverent towards a swiss guard until she gets to know him and then she has she has a reason right Mm -hmm. she has a reason to to say that's that's why i didn't just walk up and pat him on the shoulder but Mm -hmm. that's why i stood at a meaningful distance (laughs) and let him come to me (laughs) you know one of the other things too that 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 um that unfolds in that is the other different liturgical ministries Mm -hmm. too um, because I, I mean, I think about like Kathleen. Whenever uh, I was, whenever I was your assistant uh, parochial vicar, whenever I was mm-hmm. in at St. Thomas More, you would cover music, right? You would uh, mm-hmm. play uh, sometimes. And I always one of the things I noticed about Kathleen was the fact that she did not perform, right? You know, because you yourself are praying and you're trying mm-hmm. to do it in such a way that kind of gets out of the way that that your um, your craft, right? Your your talent yeah. and skill. Um, is at the service of yeah. the ritual action that's taking yeah. place. Yeah. And there's a real connection, too, with, with that reverence than inviting mm-hmm. people, other people to open themselves to piety, mm-hmm. right, yeah. to a love of worship. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that about the way Kathleen plays music oh, during liturgy. Yeah, no. Yeah, that was one of the greatest things, greatest pieces of advice was you're not a, you're not a band. We're not a mm-hmm. youth band. Yeah. You're a music ministry. Mm-hmm. And I've all, like, that was Father Tim Hedrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wasn't father at the time. He was my youth minister. But yeah. Yeah, and that's, um, the, that's the truth of the matter, too, is, is oftentimes we, we don't want to see ourselves as the servant within, within uh, something like the liturgy, mm-hmm. you know, because there is always a danger to, to worship the self, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. no matter what we're doing, whether it's mm-hmm. liturgy or whether it's not. And so I think sometimes we, we, we are irreverent mm-hmm. whenever we're trying to be inauthentic. Too. Yeah. There is something about that. Yeah. Well, and irreverent. Even the phrase irreverence. Yeah. Is, is basically being inauthentic. Yeah, well, and, and irreverence when we're chasing after things that aren't rightly ordered to our being, right? Like if, if reverence is kind of tied up with this idea of justice and justice is giving to each his due, mm-hmm. then like it is not right for me to act in irreverent ways. Right. It, it is not right for right, me to... Right, because then it to, flows from yeah. those official moments where we're called to be reverent. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, too, that there's a like a big piece of this that's, you know, let's realize that, like, what God is doing to us, like, God is creating the opportunities for reverence with us just, like, throughout all of salvation history. Like, think about it. God starts out 
we you know he's in the garden he's walking in the cool of the day with adam and eve and then the the fall happens and that original covenant is broken and so then what happens like he he calls abraham but he never really like shows himself to abraham he appears in the form of the angels but it's not god right Right. or like it's not like he's not having a, a theophany in that kind of way and then like but you can see like through moses and through david and through the prophets that you see that god is coming closer and closer and closer to his people he starts like appearing in in the the pot of fire and the and then the cloud of fire the pillar of fire he talks to moses and the thunder like he's getting closer and closer to his people and then we get the incarnation until the fullness of time yeah yeah and then christ comes in the incarnation and and it's just this like complete declaration that like god is near to us and not only is he near to us but he wants to be mm-hmm. but that reality has certain requ- make certain requirements of us yeah as is only just, you know, like that's one of the, I used to, I remember growing up, I used to be bothered by whenever we said like, it is right, is truly right and just. Mm -hmm. I just, there was part of me that was like, this is weird. I don't like this. Yeah. Why are we saying that it is right and just that we lift up our hearts and everything we have to you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just like the way that people were saying it all in unison, I was like, this feels weird. I don't Mm -hmm. like it. But the more I grow into this reality, I'm like, no, it is right and just. Like, this is is your due, Lord. Yeah. (laughs) You deserve this. Nothing else. I mean, you deserve everything, but you certainly deserve everything that we've got to give you in worship. Yeah. And I think, too, yeah. that like part of the, the beauty of that particular reality, only a small part because it is the fullness of reality, is, is that in the incarnation, like God is not just an idea anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like we can't reverence an idea. We can't reverence a concept. But the person who is, is coming to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, we can reverence that. Yeah. We can reverence him. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's someone who wants to have a relationship with you. That's someone who has leaped and bounded through generations and generations and thousands of years of history to to find you. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something that we, you know, we get smacked in the face with that at mass and like, yeah, it is truly right and just that mm-hmm. I come and I offer you this this pittance of what I can. Yep but because of who you are, Lord. Yeah, because he is the good shepherd that knows his sheep. And I'm so glad because as much as all of us try to hide and not be known, the Lord Lord already knows us, but he wants us to know him in in a mode that we can come to know him. And one of the basic ways that we can do that is being reverent toward God. And then everything else, we open ourselves up. Reverence, if you look at it it too, reverence was was the Blessed Virgin Mary's kind of first response Mm -hmm whenever the angel tells her everything that's going to happen she is reverent because she listens and then she says yes so reverence is kind of as i say it's the gateway for us to be able to say those deeper yeses yeah to god absolutely well you've uh you've certainly stayed with us here out in the deep so i suppose maybe we uh we should go maybe a little closer to the shore for that part of the show that we like to call the cu pick of the week Alrighty, uh, you know what i'm going to change it up today Jeff, Ooh. oh, what's your pick of the week? Huh? Heavens, heavens <laughs> you weren't expecting that. No, I was not, uh, but I but I am prepared, and and uh, I just I'm really giddy about the a new album that came out this week. And in fact, there was a pre-release for Easter uh, from Rita West, and the name of her album is called Invitation. 
And uh, if you just go to readerwest.com, you can find it. It's five bucks. You know, it's not uh, really, you can also find it in all the uh, online music stores, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. <laughs> Whoever find digital music is peddling. <laughs> yes. And um, uh, we had her on the air uh, on our radio station in Baton Rouge and New Orleans uh, last week. And uh, she was talking about it kind of jokingly because, you know, uh, I, 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 in fact, I've never been on a silent retreat. I've been told I need to yeah, uh, because, oh. uh, you know, it's about you being silent and letting God talk. And so she said her silent retreat wasn't so silent because two years ago she went on a silent retreat and the uh, Holy Spirit really blessed her with these five songs. And, mm-hmm. uh, but she, instead of just, you know, turning them out quickly, she took the time to, uh, she did like a Kickstarter campaign, mm-hmm. uh, went to a professional studio down in Corpus Christi, Texas, of all places. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, fine musicians. Her vocals are just over-the-top good, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's called Invitation, and again, uh, RitaWest.com is where you can find it. And the song on here, my favorite, because it's got a little pedal steel guitar in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, by the way, she is a, a praise and worship leader. Yeah, I, I, sure. I, I forgot mm-hmm. to uh, mention that early on. So she's... Uh, you know, Catholic in her heart and soul and mm-hmm. just loves the Lord. And uh, That's awesome. she, she had a great Easter song that you can sing all year. And it's called Just As He Said. Mm. He Very is risen cool. From the dead. Which, of course, is is a play on uh, on the traditional Latin phrase. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, yeah. Of the Regina Chaley. Huh? Well, yeah. That, Resurrexit no. sicut dixit. He is risen just as he said. Mm-hmm. Alleluia. That's man. And I tell you, you see, that's that's Thanks, the sir. cool stuff about being on retreat, Jeff. You think you're on a silent retreat, but uh-huh. some of my silent retreats, <laughs> it's not so that the Holy Spirit couldn't talk to me. It's so that I would shut up and let yeah. the Holy Spirit work. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. can't tell you some of the the art and the poetry and things that have that have that have flowed from mm-hmm. just being able to say, "Oh Lord, this is your time." That's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And that so, yeah, beautiful. how cool it is. And yeah. and may, I I presume she probably knew that, you know. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, that's I know also Rita. How, she knew that. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. also how the Holy Spirit works too. Is that sometimes these little phrases will happen and they'll work their way into mm-hmm. music or poem and then you'll you know like but I'll it's just natural reading. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes 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 very cool i can't yeah. wait to check that out oh, myself it's wonderful i've only heard bits of it yeah. all right so olivia wow well you're just saving the best for last it's fine <laughs> um so my pick of the week is a book another book called um the intellectual life by ag I don't know. He's French, but, um, he's a Dominican priest and he wrote this book about just like kind of, he was writing it for students, but it's like the ins and outs of like what it, what it means to like strive to be an intellectual. And he's basically just like giving people this like no holds barred. Like you say you want to like enter academia kind of thing. Like, well, here you go. And he basically, he's, he starts off with talking about how like truth, truth is something that like we should orient our life around. And if we don't do it in a virtuous way, then we shouldn't do it at all. Um, so it's been really like good for me to kind of like recalibrate, um, because I love to learn, but sometimes I, like anyone, I can get so caught up in just the process of learning that I forget why I'm doing it or like Mm. why I'm pursuing certain things. So it's been a good read for me so far and I'm not done with it. Um, just to, cause he even goes into things like organizing your time or like note taking, he's got like a, but he's got like (laughs) a a way of, of making it real and making it like really potent and powerful in, really? in your yeah in just your daily life so i really recommend that very cool we'll put that in the show notes as well yeah. kathleen yes your pick of the week yeah i found the um a really cool place on etsy i think the the name of the shop is Picnicleen. yes so it's p-y-c-n-o-c-l-i-n-e and uh she has two themes um catholic and like c 
sea creatures. Oh, like yeah, so she makes these. Yeah, so she makes these T-shirts in a really cool way. She bleaches mm. the image on it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so they she's got are some really, really cool. nice. I'm at the um, website here. She's got. Uh, uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, St. Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. She got the crucifix of John Paul II, um, an octopus, you know, a monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, got, I got a friend of mine um, for Christmas. I got the Celemaris, um, the Our Lady of the Sea mm-hmm. uh, t shirt. It's really cool. I'm always looking for cool stuff that doesn't scream. I'm Catholic, right, you, know, yeah. you know, but it's cool to comic you know. sans yeah, on a white yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a really, it's really cool. I, I really like started. Yeah. <laughs> I really like, she had one about, um, oh shucks. I mess. I found, I can't find it, but it's a, um, oh yeah, here it is. Um, the world is thy ship and not thy mm-hmm. home by, uh, and, and, and it's a wave and a, so yeah. it's not, I know yeah. what it means, but like, yeah, it's not. It's accessible yeah. to anyone. It's who's a Teresa yeah, yeah. quote, yeah. but and it's, it's not something. You know, some people are gonna be, what is that? And you go, oh yeah, this yeah. is. And you, I like her aesthetic. I really. And like she's it. really, she's really, a, she's so sweet. We mm-hmm. had such good like back and forth. Yeah. Um, really accommodating. So that's very cool. I, I might have to check that out myself because I do mm-hmm. like a good T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just ordered some, I, unknowingly, that Kathleen had worked with her too. I ordered some stuff for the diocese, and like it's really good quality stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right, very cool. Ordered some Our Lady of Guadalupe tea towels. Oh, very nice. Oh, there you go. My pick of the week is yet another book. You know, I'm a sucker for a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen uh, Into the Spider Verse, the, the, the latest Spider Man movie from Sony Pictures Animation, so it's a 3D movie. Oh. But you'd never know it because they, they rendered it. It, all the art uh, as if it were like a 2D movie and so you had the, all these 3D things happening but with uh-huh. 2D effects <laughs> and so this is all of the art uh, the developmental stuff the concept art for the film that's, uh, cool. that's, Mar- that's uh, Spider Gwen Gwen Stacy oh. um, so, so yeah so this is, this is my pick of the week the art of, uh, of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because, you know, I do love a good art book. Yes. So, um, also, uh, you, you may not want to go on Amazon to get this because I actually had to go to my local uh, um, actual physical bookstore mm. because the Amazon uh, person... They're proud of their sketch? Af- no, well, yeah. Well, after, like, three, uh, we're going to recalculate the arrival time. Um, I just canceled it. So, no. oh. so, go to your physical bookstore. It's in the music and film section. Of, uh, of basically any of the big box bookstores that are still yeah. left mm-hmm. uh, if, you're, if you're somewhere yeah, they around. they rest in peace. Yeah, really. <laughs> mighty fine, mighty fine. Yeah, but you know, uh, we are always, always grateful for you who are our viewers, our listeners, our benefactors. Uh, very, very grateful. Isn't yes. that right, Jeff? Yoo-hoo. Yes. Uh, this week, the Catholic is under, underground as possible. But just because of people like you, okay? Yeah. So you can join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And an important way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, and share us on your social media platform of choice. If you really like our podcast, pop by iTunes and leave a review. A review that is a review. Mm-hmm. Click them stars. Click them stars, youngins. That's right. If you like our shows, tell somebody else. If you don't, well... It was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. our, our panelists this week, uh, you know them. They're friends. They practically live in your home, huh? Yeah. Or in your garage. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. In your ear holes. In your, that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right in there. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that one's Kathleen. Yeah. Kathleen right Lee, yeah. the benefactress, mm-hmm. Faith Ninja, Hope Samurai, at Kaylee626 on Instagram. That is true. Thank you. Uh, Olivia Galino at the real OMG with periods in between the letters, the words. Yeah. Yes. 
uh, on all the social media. Jeff Blackwell is our uh, technical director at Jeff Blackwellis. Thanks, Jeff. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes in a special way, Ben. Our <laughs> video and graphics director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Instagram at Digital Catholic. And we hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. You're the Catholic Underground. We're happy to say it's Easter, and we'll see you next time.